Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. was off on yeah. that, but he fixed it, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yeah. We're live. So, so the clock on the computer says 10.02, but Ecamm, the software that we use to broadcast yeah. to the world, yeah. uh, was about two minutes. It has a countdown timer. You to know, the millions about, and millions of fans. It was a minute and 49 seconds off from the computer. Well, it goes without saying, welcome to another That's fast, horrible. fascinating edition of One <laughs> yeah, Master. Yeah. We're off to yeah. a good start. Got a little peek behind the curtain there for a moment. Yeah. Nobody that nobody wants. <laughs> Pay no you, attention to that man. How are you guys doing with the hundred degree days? Just you, dandy. Sleeping good. All Actually, that. Our, our bedroom's probably the coolest part of the house, so we're yeah. kind of fortunate there. But it's yeah. funny when you have a few of those days in a row, it starts to kind of yeah. just walk around like a zombie a little bit. Yeah. yeah. When the atmosphere kind of stays warm, it yeah it definitely <clears throat> makes it harder. Yeah. But we do have the air conditioning in our room too, so it's really nice at night. Nice yeah. in our room at least. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we're, we've got a heat pump. <laughs> Air conditioning. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, my day job, I work in the HOA management world, and people are freaking out about their lawns this week. Hmm. It's like it's hundred degrees. It doesn't matter if your water's how good your water's working. Like your grass is going to stress a little you, bit. You've been getting those calls, Chad. So all week, phone calls. He's got about, some high you know, maintenance customers. Water's <laughs> not on. They're not getting irrigation. Put bowls out in my yard, and they weren't full this morning, so the sprinklers didn't come on last night. <laughs> wow. I did see a headline oh, saying God. that, uh, I think it was on CNN, that said if, if you use air conditioning, you're selfish. I did see that. And I'm pretty sure they were saying that from an air-conditioned studio. Right. Oh, but definitely still, not, dude. So if you guys are using <laughs> air conditioning like me, we're selfish. Yeah. But I don't have it, so I guess I'm not selfish. All right, you're good. You're good to go. Yeah. We use it in one room. Okay. I'll try to, try to excuse myself. You're just a little selfish. Because central Oregon <laughs> air conditioning really does work well. Yeah. If you have if your home's decently insulated, then yeah. like it's pretty darn nice opening it up and then shutting it in the morning. Right. It holds pretty well. Anything Whatever. going on we need to announce or I can't think of anything. That doesn't mean there isn't anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't think of it. What was that? Oh you're you're tapping. I can't, I forget, dude. I yeah, can't. they can hear that. Everything. If you hear David Tapp, just send in a comment. Mm-hmm. So we, we heard. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Oh, we, uh, we have another baptism coming up. That's probably worth mm-hmm. throwing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to do our annual. Uh, we're turning 11 this year, and uh, we're going to meet out at the Smith's house again. And September 11th? Yeah, we're going to be there. Might, <clears> as well do, the might as well do a baptism as well. So. Yeah. so I think we had about five people that wanted to get baptized that didn't. So we have potentially five, and we'd be happy to do more if, if we could, so let us know. Yeah. All right. What are we doing? Cooling shelter's open this week, too. Oh, if yeah. you know anybody that needs it down the line, it's running. There's people down there from 1 to 5. So there's bottled water, showers, you know, air conditioning. You know, people can take naps if they need to, whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, now. All right. I think we're good. Well, let's, let's <laughs> pray and we'll dive in. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for... Uh, uh, this discussion we get to have today, uh, Lord, we know it's uh, something that's been debated a bit, and we may not come up with the, the right answer, but we pray that it would be edifying and encouraging to those who hear it, and that you'd give us wisdom as we go through it now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. So yeah, today's topic may be a little more theologically heavy than some of the stuff we talk about, and, and we nerd out a little bit on this stuff, uh, <laughs> but not everybody does, so so you know maybe this won't be uh, as exciting for yeah, some it, people. It'll be exciting. I already know one guy that... Went. They heard we were doing this, and he's like, no, you're not. Don't do that. It just sickens him. Really? talk about things like this. I won't say who it is. Because it's too theological? Yeah, it's like, why, why, why would you? Or, or because it's too debatable. Like, well, why, like, why would you even, like, talk about something that is divided? And it's like, well, that's why. Like, we should. Well, we want to understand the scriptures, and we want to, you know, apply them yes. correctly. So, right. so we're going to be looking at Romans 7 today. Did you see what I did? You brought the, the big guns in. Big well, in. we're talking about big things. So, yeah. so you need big print for big things, right? Does, Unfortunately, it doesn't make my brain bigger to have bigger chapter, print. Does chapter 7 fit on more than two pages? Yeah, so you're going to hear me. I didn't even think about that. You're going to hear me turn the pages a lot. Let's, let's see. I haven't even looked at it in here yet. This is fun. 
<laughs> you guys can read it from there probably too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the, the big print. <laughs> Where are we um, going? Roman so seven? this is definitely uh, a debated section, like we said. Uh, Martin Lloyd, Lloyd Jones. I can't ever say that. Uh, no, why it's hard to Lloyd say Jones. Martin, you, yeah. want, you want to switch the, yeah. Yeah. the, the yeah. good doctor? Maybe we could Lloyd call Jones called it the most famous and best known section of the entire epistle. Did you ever? And I don't, I'm just quoting him. Did you ever hear him preach, by the way? Oh, yeah. He oh, starts it. Oh, yeah. oh, I would like to draw your attention. <laughs> exactly. To... It's yeah, so fantastic. And he, he, he's regarded as such like a, this big preacher. Like he was pretty powerful yeah. and God like used him yeah. mightily. And you listen to him, you're like, God, he's yeah. that. Yeah, like a. Bob Dylan thing going on. It was weird. No, he's anyway, British, British, and it, kinda, <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds pretty dry. Yeah. But the guy was, I don't know, pretty rad to listen to. pretty awesome. Anyway, he basically says, few chapters expose the deep power of sin and clarify the role of the law in a believer's life quite like Romans 7, yet no section has fueled more debate. That was his opinion of this. So um, if you've never really looked into this, um, I would say before we kind of dive in, Maybe you guys could maybe talk a little bit about the, the kind of the basic dilemma, so that people maybe know what we're looking at. As you know, don't go totally into it. But what are we? What's the what's the deal? We're what's the debate over before we dive in and kind of look I think, at? It? I think our title gave it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a believer or an unbeliever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's talking about this challenge that we have before the law, right? So the law being, you know, basically perfection, righteous, the righteousness of God. And we're looking at that, and we may want to do it. We may want to be that, but we find ourselves continually not doing it and not being that. And so there's this internal struggle. So then the question becomes, was that before he came to Christ, where he has now been set free from the law of sin and death, and it's no longer a challenge, and he's a slave to righteousness? Like, you know, or is it um, actually a, a Christian and an ongoing struggle, an ongoing wrestle? that doesn't go away that's that's basically like what the controversy is but like we talked about earlier i think we'll just throw it out there right away like both both of those things are taught in scripture and other places so the question's more like is this what paul is specifically saying right here in in seven that's really where the debate is the debate isn't that this theology is bad or this theology is bad they're they're both biblical it's just is this what he's intending here well and even even why when we go to this section we don't want to walk away with a conclusion that's that's not you know correct and and so some people just read this and all they see is total defeat this just describes complete defeat no hope right. and other people see it more as just the daily struggle that christians right. have it's relatable it's relatable and and i think most people might probably fall to the second part of that but but what is this teaching us and and you know why is it important is kind of hopefully what we're going to hit so so i think the plan is just going to be to the interesting thing too is paul experienced both he was a, an unbeliever who who was under the law and tried to please God that way. And then he was a believer who was under grace. And, you know, so here you have Paul writing this. Um, you mentioned it already. Peter mentioned it as well. Paul ain't always easy to understand. Yeah, like, what the heck's wrong with him, dude? Yeah. Like, it, like, <laughs> it bothers me, like, sometimes that, that he will um, take six paragraphs to actually make the point he's trying to make. Which just causes so much work for you and I. It causes so much work for you and I to try to decode, like what he's getting to. He is the king of run-on sentences. And Romans is 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 like no exception. Like you're talking from Romans one, the very first words he writes, all the way through to chapter eleven. It's like it's a it's a thought that just expands, 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 expands. And and if you're not if you're not mindful of everything that's there, like. You can't just pick things out and be okay, right? Yeah, he's been building. He's been building a theology yeah. all the way through this, and now we're kind of, kind of getting to this idea of our relationship with the law, mm-hmm. um, and what that's like. So, uh, Paul's not always easy to understand, and we're going to try to understand. Peter knew right? it. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to dive in, and I'll just I'll just stop here occasionally. We'll we'll try to uh, talk about what we just read. So we're so we have seven. to start in Romans chapter one, right, in order to get the context. <laughs> No. Okay. No, we're going to go and start Romans 7. This going to be a little longer than our normal podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that would be something. Okay, Romans uh, 7, starting in verse 1, it says, "Or Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, 
and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, so here's where he's taking this picture of marriage, and now he's saying likewise. My brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So stop there for a minute and kind of, um, what's the big idea that we're, we're seeing here? Well, again, we can already see, we can already see this go either direction with, with, with what we've read. You know what I mean? Um, I guess I shouldn't get into that. No, it's all right. Jeb? Yeah. It's unscripted, so we're going <clears> to <throat> yeah. go. You started a thought, finish it. Well, you, you have died to the law. So it, it, you could either take it that there's no more struggle, there's no longer a look at the law or a look to the law or, or anything that the law has on us, right? Um, or you could look at it as every time the law does condemn you and accuse you, like it's already, it begins right here. Like, um, just remember that you've been freed from it. It could go either way. Yeah. Sorry. Well, he seems to be saying, it, so it's, he uses it kind of in the picture of, of marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, the law doesn't die. The law is still going. Uh, we die. Right. And so so we're not, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because this is not the perfect analogy because now he's saying, <coughs> now me. you can be united to Christ because you're no longer bound to this other relationship. Mm -hmm. So our relationship to the law is, is over in that sense. Now we have a new relationship with Christ. I think that's kind of the, the basic idea of what he's, right. what he's trying to, to get at, which... I think that's our, been our experience as Christians as well. Yeah, yeah. There's fruit that comes from that relationship. With yeah, Christ. yeah. In order that we may before we couldn't bear fruit for God through the law, but now in Christ we can. Right. So He's yep. kind of just right. laid those out pretty clearly for us. And and He's going to get more into that. Like there's there's going to be um, there's going to be multiple laws that are talked about here in seven as He continues. There's the law of the flesh and. The, the law of sin and the law, like all these principles that exist. And so it's got to get kind of confusing, so we'll probably just keep stopping regularly. Yeah, well, I mean, well I'll just read yeah. 5 and 6 now because um, some people say that 5 is describing a person mm -hmm. of the law and 6 is describing the newness that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. So verse 5 says, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not the old way of the written code. So you have, again, very clear contrasting ideas mm -hmm. yep. of uh, life under the law, life under the spirit, mm -hmm. uh, li life under the flesh, and life under you know the new creation kind of thing. Uh, that part, I think, is clear. And where it goes from here is kind of where it gets kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Right, less clear. Yeah, less <laughs> clear. Some people think that, that in verse 5, um, Paul has described what it's like trying to please God under the law, and then in the rest of chapter 7, he, he kind of elaborates on what that looks like. And then verse 6 describes what it's like to live under the Spirit. And then in chapter 8, he, he elaborates on right. what that looks like. Right. Um, maybe. Right. <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, well, and then in verse 7, where we're about to go, it's almost like he backs up and he starts to talk, unpack what it is like to be under the law. Yeah. And that's this is where, the like you said, the confusion starts to come in. It's because he's almost taking a step back yeah. and saying, let, let me explain myself. Well, as and then far the question the is, is this hypothetical or is this Paul just speaking mm, from right, his personal really experience? Mm. And, and it, it ain't real clear. So, so here we go. Verse 7. He's just talked about the law. Uh, and so he says, What shall we say then? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So, so again, here's the idea of the goodness of the law. Um, it, it, it reveals something to us. Right. It makes us aware of something it shows us our that we weren't aware of otherwise. So, so the law isn't the enemy. Sin is. Mm -hmm. The law isn't what kills us. Sin is. Yeah. Um, and yet... Yeah, the law doesn't show us that it is bad. It shows us that we are we're bad. bad. Yeah. 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 So, so, but, but the law not only reveals... It, it kind of activates it in a way, is kind of what he's saying. It does act, actually, he's going right. to go on to say that. Yeah. Like, pretty much. We'll kind of talk about that, but in more detail. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, I mean, I've talked about it before. Like, you know, we, we don't ever want to do anything so bad except when someone says, don't do that. <laughs> you know, whatever that thing is. You have that too? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what the law does. You know, like, you know, to Paul's point that, you know, I, I wouldn't have known what coveting was except yep. the law said, don't covet. Yeah. Well, it's like I never wanted anything so bad except that somebody said that I couldn't have it. So now that's the thing that right. I want. And, and just because of my, you know, my freedom and my independence and, and my own wherewithal, like I'm going to take that thing because I can, sure. right? And so the law stirs that up in us. Well, and even just identification, 
like he's, he's just saying like I wouldn't even have identified my coveting as that unless something had told me that it's, that's it's what it is. It's both of those things. It's yeah, kind of like the, I think them. of the Ninevites, you know, they didn't know what they were doing was even wrong until exactly. so Jonah came in and told them. Yeah. Exactly. And then they were aware, oh, so you revealed that this is sin. I didn't know that before. But it also does that other thing in this where if somebody draws a line and says, don't cross this line, yeah. all we can think about is crossing that line. Right. There's something in us and our sinfulness that wants to do that. My mind just went to road trips with my family, me and my sister in the back seat. You ever do that with your siblings? Like you draw the line, it's like don't. And it's like you're just like, yeah, oh, I'm over the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're evil in that regard. Right. Which, okay, so he's going to kind of explain this now further. Verse eight. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. So that's what I think. What? Yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah. The first part is the identification part in seven. Verse yeah. eight's where it's actually yeah. now that it's been identified, yeah. I find myself yeah. inching, inching into it all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So, so apart from the law, sin lies dead. I once was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive, and I died. The mm-hmm. very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. Um, it's crazy how this this kind of I mean the way he describes this it is hard to. to but experience, experientially, we all relate to that idea of what yeah. he's describing there. And Paul would know, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. this dude was not just like a, like an average Jew. Like he was a guy that specialized in the law and the ordinances of God that mm-hmm. taught them, that was schooled in them and educated in them and, um, you know, esteemed them greatly. So like, the, yeah. like these things were his life. The law was his life. And so he, he would have a pretty good understanding of what he's talking about here. So yeah, the strength yeah. of the words that he's using and stuff is is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it matters. Well, I think we can all relate to this idea of <clears throat> looking for life by fulfilling the law. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes we look for life in breaking the law, but right. also we look for life in fulfilling the law right. uh, in our ability to perform, which ultimately we know falls short. Paul will get into that, but right. but we, we look for life in that. Well, again, what you, what, you not found there. what you ultimately have in the law is the will of God. Like right. that's the revealed will of God for us is to live like this. Right. Right. And so that that that's life. I mean, that's that is the way. You know. This, this is the way. Not just not for us. <laughs> yeah, this is the way. By the way, if you see me like rubbing myself back here, I'm not. I'm not trying to comfort myself in a weird way. So you, hurt my back. You might want to clarify for the people that aren't watching the video. I'm rubbing my back into the continually because my, my back hurts really bad. So, yeah. David did a. What I did called a it, you called it a brand. Tried mm-hmm. to lift something that was too heavy and hurt your back. I messed up my back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So verse ten says the very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me. And through it, killed me. I mean, it's pretty dramatic language here. Mm-hmm. But it's right. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then? Did you want me to stop there? No, I was just going to no. say that that statement right there clarifies something we said earlier. As far as just, again, the, the law is yes. not bad. And mm-hmm. like he's making sure that we understand that. Yep. He's making sure that we understand that the law is good, it's true, it's righteous, it's pure. Um, it's not the problem. Yeah. Sin in us is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the law is holy. The commandment is good, holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin Mm -hmm. producing death in me through what was good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment uh, might become sinful beyond measure. This is what we just saw in Matthew 5. This is what we just all taught taught through, heard Jesus teach. Yeah. Through chapter five is that statement right there. Do you want to expound yeah. on that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> For those that weren't in the Matthew five series, <laughs> well, I, I would say so. We we talked about how the, the uses of the law, um, and and one is just this idea that it's a it's a curb, or I, I like to think of it as the bumpers down the bowling lane mm-hmm. that keep the ball from going you know off course. So the the law is there to kind of keep society from going in the gutter, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also there as a mirror to show us what we're really like. You know, and, and so it's good in that regard. And then, of course, the, the idea of the third use, that once we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's something we can walk in that's good for us, that pleases God. You know, it's a, it's a get-to thing, not a have-to right. thing. But you have all of those. Um, it's so what we would call it a guide, a curb, a mirror, and a guide is, is kind of the idea. But it's good. It just yes. it just it needs to be used. In this, it's not a good way to achieve righteousness. Right. right. You know, that part, is it's not good for that. So it's not good for, for everything. Right. And in this instance... The good part is that it shows 
Paul. But it's productive. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it's yeah. purposed to produce something mm-hmm. that will lead to good, right? And right. so like like the way that we even saw Jesus do it in five was um, uh, was in a way that in, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, right? Yeah. That's step number one is that we, we need sin to be shown to be sin right. to us yeah. so that we will understand the problem. We will know uh, that there's good news rather than just news. <laughs> you know, um, like this is what he's saying here. And this, this is what Jesus was employing in five. So right. I think it's interesting to think about the attack, even on the Ten Commandments that we've seen in our country. Uh, these are all common sense, just good rules for society in general. Yeah. I mean, I can see where they, you know, the idea of sure. too much God in it and this right. type of thing. But it's good stuff. Yeah. And, and yet there's just been a desire to erase it completely. Um, so it's beneficial civilly. Like yes. the, the civil law is a, is a benefit, whether yeah. you know God or don't know God, whether you even care yeah. about knowing him. Like it's good for all of us yeah. to, to yeah. live together. Well, it's, I saw a headline the other day about, uh, <clears throat> I think it was in Portland, that it's no longer a crime to like defecate on somebody's lawn. Like they just got that off the books because in somebody's mind it was an inequitable law for people who don't have access to bathrooms or so I mean just the just this weird line of thinking calls for that right? Chad. It's, it's a weird thing um, that, that we would like that that's a common sense good for everybody law that like don't poop on somebody's yard right right but we're gonna get rid of that because you know not everyone has access to a bathroom it's just a, a mad way of thinking. It is. Um, <laughs> All right. Well. With that picture, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Pastor Chad. <laughs> okay, moving moving on uh, through chapter seven, starting in verse fourteen, we're back uh, in that. Uh, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. And this is partly where you start to say maybe this isn't a believer because the way he's talking right now is, is mm-hmm. it sounds very definite, um, but maybe not. Verse fifteen: For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want. I'm sorry, I said that word. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Um, You guys can stop me if you want to at any time. I'm just going to keep rolling if not. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree, the law, that it's good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And he's just describing this. This, I mean, what's he describing? So, it, well, well, obviously, there's there's a war. Like, there's yeah. a bat, there's a battle going on, and it's an internal battle. So it's it's you know with what um, we actually have at our disposal to work with compared to what it is that uh, we will to do. Like, this is this is this would be a total sidetrack, but this is even this is in, a great example of our free will. Right. <laughs> like, we can re- we can really want to do this thing and not have the capability internally to perform that which we really want to do. This is a perfect example of it. So when we talk about depravity or, or things like that, that, that free will is, n- is not a concept, like a real biblical concept. Yes, we have will. We do make choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not able to do what we want every time we will it. That would be free will. This is a perfect example of this. This is a man right. who, who, who knows what he wants and is unable to perform that which gets him there. Unable to can't do it right and I think we all relate to this and this is where it becomes a debate right is because I I think I can ask you guys after reading through that section of scripture like do you relate to what Paul is saying as a Christian right and I don't I don't know if some people want to admit it but like I do I have a hard time tracking with them in this I'll be honest I'm just kidding kidding. not following you Dan (laughs) no I I, I feel like I could have written this myself right Uh, and this is where this is where you know, it becomes yeah. something worth talking about. This is why we should yeah. talk about this, right? Is it, it, is it like okay for a Christian to feel this way? It feels like or, the, Paul like copied a, note, a page out of my diary when right. I read this. I think he's in our head yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah, at verse 19, yeah. I, I kind of stopped a little early, but he said, for, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if, um, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, Evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. This is, um, again, trying to understand Christian, non-Christian, right. you know, in this, in this thing, this idea of delighting in the, in the law. 
a lot of the arguments about this not being a Christian is, is saying non-Christians don't delight in the law. Right. What do you guys think about that? I, I, I agree. <laughs> well, I think it depends on how it's used. Um, I think the Pharisees did delight in the law. Like, I, I think I think that a lot of the Jews delighted in the law. I think, again, they looked at it and said, okay, this is what God wants from yeah. me. Um, and there was it, an actual real desire, I believe, in some of those people, even though they were natural men, to want to do that thing. The problem is they weren't honest about themselves and what dwelt in them. Right. <laughs> like, that was the issue. Um, I, think, I think we all know people that are total non-believers. They have nothing to do with Christ. They don't believe in Christ, and they're super moral. There's a, there's a delight that they have in the way that they conduct themselves, live their lives, and they pat themselves on the back. In a way, that can be simply what Paul means here when he says delight in right. is that you're someone that delights in the You recognize these things are good, right, even if you're not. Um, like, you, you can do that. Yeah. Light in that. So, yeah. I don't think we can think about you know um, Galatians five that talks about you know sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. Like here's the results of, of each, right? They, there's a fruit that comes with you know where you sow to, and there's this idea that you know like we're either bound to sin in our flesh or we're bound to Christ, mm-hmm. and, and so you know free will is some, somewhat of an illusion in that in that sense of you know like we're bound to something. Right? Sure. And, and we're always sowing to something. We're always feeding some appetite. Right. Well, Paul starts there in Romans 5. Right. He actually builds into where we're at right now from what you're saying right now. Is that we're slaves yeah. to sin, right. slaves to righteousness. He goes into right. this. It's so the there's ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you bet. So, but we can, we, can, we, can, um, we can identify when something's good, though, even in our depravity, even yeah. apart from God, even... Being slaves to, to sin and slaves to the flesh, we can we can recognize when sure. something's good and go, oh, I like that. I want to do that. Well, I want to employ even, that in my life. Even in our yeah. you know tr- thinking of the law, we, when we think of the law, sometimes we disconnect from it. Mm-hmm. Say it's an Old Testament thing, but when we think about the laws we have in our land right now, when, when society starts to go to heck in a handbasket, we like law. Mm-hmm. Right. We want more. We want the laws to be enacted. We want you know let's we don't want to defund the police. We want to start enforcing laws. Sure. So we we see how it's good in that sense. We delight in the law in that way as well. But generally, I would say it, it's about how it benefits us and, and how it glorifies us, not For so sure. much with sure. the thought of God. For sure. And, and so it, that's the part that I would agree, you know. Right. The idea that we just want to love God and please God probably isn't in a non-believer. Right. Um, but, but the idea of being okay with law and, and delighting in it in some way could be. Um, so it, no, doesn't, it, it absolutely yeah. can be. Yeah. So I don't know that that clears it up. But the dilemma that Paul is describing here is something he's really frustrated by. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's trying to please God through the law, and I'm just frustrated I can't do that, I'm trying hard, or whether it's just the daily um, thing that we we you know we have this sin nature that's still right. hanging around our neck and, and, and the frustration of that. Either way, we, he's expressing this frustration of not being able to do what he wants to do, doing the things right. he hates. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, in verse 24, he just screams out, you know, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. That's a question I think we all, um, I, I live that more than I wish I would admit. You know, we live in this not, you know, kind of weird time between the times where it's, we know what the reality is and yet we, we're not experiencing it yet yeah. as far as. Right. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a statement that expresses the reality of someone who understands that they're in a predicament. Um, that there's no way they can they can get themselves out of. Yeah. Like it's, it's an impossibility for them. Uh, there's no options for them to correct that which they're in. So it's it's this yeah this statement of of complete desperation. Yeah. You know, wretched man that I am. Who's got like, how can this be taken care of? You know yeah. what I mean? It can't be taken. The, the answer's not in here. I yeah. can't look in myself and find a way out of this. So now what? Well, and you, we look outside. Paul couldn't do that as a as a Jew under the law, right. and and he really can't do it as a Christian operating under the flesh. Right. So so regardless of where you land here, right. the same statement applies. It, Wretched man that I am. Exactly. Who's going to save me? Who's going to fix this? Exactly. And and the answer, of course, comes in verse twenty five. Yep. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. That's a weird which which, which <laughs> seems like a, a present statement, not like a hypothetical one or like, oh, yeah. this is old Paul. Like it, it seems like, but you know, yeah, it could it could go either way. That's a weird yeah. statement, though. I mean, what do you what do you guys make of that? You know? I, I kind of take that at like the battle between like the spirit and the flesh. 
Yeah. Right. It's a war that's waging in you know, all of us all the time, whether you recognize it or right. not. That you know we have this battle, and there are some days where you know I might feel pretty good about myself, like okay, like, like the spirit won out in the battle today, and I sowed the spirit today, and right. then a lot of days like the flesh wins out, and yeah, I, that's the way I. That is what it is, because yeah. he's talking again. He's talking about multiple laws here. So so once you go to twenty one, if I could just read it again, yeah. so I, I find it to be a law. So there's all these laws going on, and it's really helpful to us to identify to kind of slow down as we're reading through this to identify yeah. that he's contrasting different laws against each other. Every time the word law comes up, doesn't mean the same thing, and law doesn't always just mean mosaic law, even though he is talking about the mosaic law, but just a, a principle, right? It's like the law of physics, so the law of thermodynamics. There's a reality. Right, and yet he's talking spiritually. So I, I find it to be a law that when I uh, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God. So I would say this is the the Mosaic law, like that which is which is perfect in my inner being. But I see in my members, so in my body, in my flesh, like Chad's saying, yeah. right, what's going on in here? Another law. So. Oh, he, we have this one law, but now there's this other law he's talking about that's going on inside our flesh. So it's the law of sin or the law of the flesh. I think that's yeah. been consistent, yeah. right? At, at war with the, and then here's another one, law of my mind. So you've got the part of you that's wanting to do what's right, but then you've got your members that are constantly performing that which is wrong, right? So there's like these three laws. Right here, there's three laws. Well, and if we don't yeah. identify this, we're well, going to get super confused. Well, the law confused. of sin in just a second, too, the dwell yes. of my members. So, yes. so you've got these things that are making demands. And yes. Um, and laws here just mean <laughs> right. they're realities. They're, they're absolute realities that exist, yeah. right? The law of sin, the law of, of God, of perfection, the law of my mind, of thoughts and right. desire. They're, these are all real things, you know. Yeah. They're just, they're laws. And, and we, so we have a spirit and we have a flesh. And yes. They both, they both want to be gratified all the time, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. insatiable appetites, right? They're, they're never fully, I don't think, satisfied. And yeah. so, so we sow to one or we sow to the other. Exactly. And so and so I think if we if we parse that out and we acknowledge this, like we kind of go, oh, okay, there's these different laws, then the statement's not so bad in 25, you know, right. where he goes, I myself serve the law of God, the perfect law with my mind, with what's going on here, um, but with my flesh, the members, the law of sin, um, or with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So with what I do, I serve the, the law of sin. With my mind, I'm wanting the law of God. So it's it's possible for us to to be in that horrible spot. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I think that the idea of mind, it, it, it's talking about I agree yes. that the law is good. I agree that this is what I should be doing. Sure. I agree that this would please God. I agree that this is the right way to do things. Right. And yet, I've got this other thing going on here. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's kind of defining again. Now, some people I've, I've heard in the past said that this is describing a carnal Christian. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody who's just walked away from the Lord and is living for himself and, and not talking about, a, you know, a, a, a normal Christian. I might, call, I might call that a non-Christian. Well, <laughs> how would you guys, because I know that's one of the arguments. This is, this I don't is think it's a good one. Christian. I don't think it belongs here. Yeah. And, and I don't either. My, the, the only reason I say that is because there's no indication. So, like, it's really easy when you get into, like, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 2, 3, particularly 3, that we're talking about believers. Just the language allows us to read it as believers that are living like believers, yeah. <laughs> right? But here, you like, there's none of that language in what came before or or what follows. I mean, he will talk a little bit when he gets into eight about um, um, living according to the Spirit rather than the flesh as believers, yeah. right? Um, but it, it's, there's no reason to look at this and go, oh, he's talking about a carnal Christian. Like, I think he's speaking to the, the carnality that remains <clears throat> sure. right, a cor- like as a result of the law of sin that remains. And I think this is really what we're going to end up talking to or should talk about is this dichotomy of what we are as Christians. Is we are yeah. we are sinners. I was going to get into that. But and we are saints. But explain that, yeah. We are, we are fully sin, sinful, and we are fully perfect, like saints. Uh, and and I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't know how to live in the middle of that. But I have to every day. I have yeah. to live with that reality right. of seeing what's going on in my members according to what it is yeah. that I want to follow and want to perform. You know what I mean? Um, the good news is that positionally I'm, I'm fixed. Like, that's the rad part. You know, I am a saint before God by faith in what Christ did on my behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And yet I'm walking daily in... Oftentimes, just the miserableness of, you know, certain defeats and failures and um, 
unable to perform that which I want to. And so that's why it's so easy to look at this language and relate to it. You know what I mean? We are sinner and, and saint. Yeah, both. I think some people feel bad or feel less than by virtue of the fact that they struggle with sin. And I think that when there is a struggle, like that, that's a sign that the war is waging, right? Right. I think when there's not a struggle, like when you've just given in to it, yeah. you know, maybe as a carnal Christian or whatever, you know, however you want to label it, like you've waved the white flag, mm-hmm. you know, and, and surrendered to sin. And that, that's actually, like nobody wants to struggle, but, right. but the lack of struggle indicates that maybe the war isn't waging, right? The sinner saint dynamic isn't at play. But, mm-hmm. but when there is a war and there's a struggle, we can at least take some comfort in the fact that, okay, we're recognizing that something's not right, sure. recognizing that maybe we should be living in a different way or our behavior should be different or whatever it is, sure. that, that that struggle, at least as an indication that, that there is a war that's happening that is real, that, that we are, you know, in some sense having a desire, you know, to do what's right. Well, I think it's clear from what Paul's describing there. He's, he's, he's very vividly describing that struggle that I think we all can relate to. Mm-hmm. Right. As a non-Christian, I didn't struggle. With that, I just did what I wanted to right. do. I did what my flesh wanted to do, and I didn't take much of it. I didn't like. I mean, if there was a consequence, I might weigh it out a little sure. bit. But not what. Not this idea of what he's describing of like wanting to please God and not being able to. Right. Um, if you've got somebody who, you know, this idea of a carnal Christian, you already said it. But it's somebody who doesn't fight against their sin. Um, you know, again, I, don't, I mean, just kind of. That's what's that mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you guys. Like, I'm with you 100. percent It could be a little different for a guy like Paul or a Jew. Yeah, who who the law was so much like they were born into this entire system, this entire way of living and doing life, where this was constantly before you, <laughs> and, and all the religiousness, the activities, and the pursuits that surrounded that. Um, it, it could be that you were constantly challenged. Maybe maybe not quite in the same way like you're talking about, but you were constantly challenged. Oh my gosh, I need to do this. Like we're the people of God. Like God is near. Like there wasn't. I don't think there were a lot of atheists in ancient Israel. Like uh, there, there was a reality of, of God and what God wanted from yeah, the time of birth. Sure. So it it could be a little different for them yeah. too. But uh, but it's absolutely true. We know. And again, this is where we can look at it either way that you want to interpret and be like, like we can find these yeah. these theologies yeah. somewhere else in the Bible. Yeah. Like the questions, like what's Paul talking about? But they're they're both true. Like a man to the law, especially a Jew like Paul. Yeah, I could I could see this. Having nothing to do with with post conversion, but he's talking about himself pre conversion. But then you can see it the other way too, because you and I didn't have a war that started inside of us until after we met Jesus, <laughs> you know. Right. And then we, sin became known, and righteousness became known, and grace became known, and um, conviction became known, and yeah. yeah. I think anytime you have to put a descriptor, any kind of descriptor in front of the word Christian, like that becomes problematic. So. Mm-hmm. You know, carnal Christian. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian nationalists is in the news lately. I mean, sure. like anytime you put some kind of descriptor in there, it, it takes away. I think right. from from what Christianity is. I think that comes that comes from I think First Corinthians three, right, where he's saying he's calling them out on their childish behavior, the way that they're, you know, yeah. celebritizing different guys. And he goes, "Are you not when you do this just thinking carnally?" Right. So yeah. he actually adds that, and then we gave it the the pre label. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that part of the, what I was getting at is if you've got somebody uh, who thinks they're a Christian, says they're a Christian, and never really struggles in this regard, they just they just throw up the white flag and kind of don't wrestle and struggle with their sin, yeah. um, I would examine yourself thoroughly sure. to, to, to see if you're really in the faith. Because if the Holy Spirit's taken up residence in us, yeah. we're, we're not going to be okay with the things we you know that we were okay with before. Right. And, and I feel like this, this struggle it should be there if it's not. I can't remember. It was in my feed this week, and it was one of the dead theologians. I can't remember who it was, but something to the effect that if if you claim to be a Christian and Jesus hasn't changed your life, you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. It just was this blunt statement, like if there's been no change in your life at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to your point, like you better examine yourself and where you're at. Well, I think there's just a lot of people in our churches that that claim to be Christians, and I think that we there's a lot of people in our country that have claimed to be Christians for a long time. Right. And this 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 whole conversation would just probably yeah. be foreign. Like, what are you guys even talking about? Right. And I, I just, and I think I think part of the reason why this is important too, because yeah, there might be someone being like, "This is yeah. like, why are you even paying attention to this?" But we've we've all experienced in the church the results of the different extremes of this. So we've we've seen people that can live in such defeat, depending on how they look at things like this right. or what they emphasize, right. that 
they're nothing but defeated in their walk. There's never victory. There's never a place where, where Christ is taking them to higher ground, right? And there's um, sanctification happening in these areas and victory. Um, and then you have the people that believe, oh, no, I've been set free. I'm now a slave to right. I, I don't even sin anymore. Like, we had to kick a dude out of yeah. church once because he came into this church, like, teaching that. Like, I, I can't even remember the last time I sinned, he would say. And, it, and, and so, like, we can, if we don't look at things like this and, like, have a decent, like, balance of what's being said here, like a good, healthy idea of what's being said, we can run to, like, really bad extremes on it, yeah. you know. Um, in regards to this idea that this is just describing a Christian who's struggling, yeah. um, Galatians 5, 6 is another place yep. we could go uh, that, that would defend this idea, even if maybe Romans 7 isn't talking about it. Galatians 5 yep. definitely is. And in verse 16 it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Mm-hmm. So Paul very clearly describes right. a Christian kind of with that struggle there and, and saying what you talked about earlier. You know, we, we can follow the, the sin nature of the flesh and walk in that, or we can walk in newness of life, follow the Spirit, and, and do that. And Romans 8 goes into that as well. But, you know, that's, that's you know, the key to this is feeding the flesh versus right. feeding the Spirit and, and, you know, yielding to the one and not the other. Um, which is harder, you know, it's easier said than done. Right. Hopefully there's progression. You know, I know people don't talk about progressive sanctification. Ryan, if you're listening, yeah. sorry, but, <laughs> but hopefully you're seeing progress in this area. But but there are things that we just struggle with and, and, and things we hate that keep popping up. And um, Sure. And I think the struggle changes over time, too. Like the things that mm-hmm. you know, we struggle with when we're 20, you know, yep. are, are not Correct. the things that we struggle with, you know, when we're 40 or when yeah. we're 60. Um, you know, the, like the battle changes. Yeah, yeah we're becoming yeah. aware of, New struggles sometimes, yeah. which is which is the bummer of it. But sometimes, right. as you get older, and you see you see a couple things knocking down, and you're like, awesome, you know. Right. And then he, it's like he opens the like door and says, "Look at look at this room." Yeah. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, let's just leave that door closed. You know, <laughs> don't show me that. You know, but isn't that gracious? Again, I've said this before, but sure. if, God, if God showed us, if He showed us everything at once, can you imagine what that would feel like? Yeah. If He just if He just show, you know shine the perfect light on us, you would just implode. You, right. you wouldn't even know what to do. So he's gracious to slowly work on us, slowly work on us. You know, he's going to let that go for a while and then, yeah. you know, show us later. But yeah. but I'm glad he doesn't show me all of it at once. Right. Uh, so were you were, were you going to read slightly into eight? Well, I was going to, okay. yeah. Because um, to me, that's, to. well, that's, that's where the crux of, like, the debate is. It's in four words that are in eight as far as what's being talked about. Well, just about. go jump so, into it then. So, I, so uh, um, backing up, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve. And this sounds like a conclusion. It's kind of a conclusion statement, and yet it's like he, it's not. No, it's gonna, he, it's he keeps a new going. Chapter, it's a new chapter. So, so then I, I, I myself, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is this is what I found is where the debate comes down to here. For the law of the spirit of life has has set you free. And how you interpret those four words um, as far as the tense of, right. of the action. Like is this a once for like he has, it was an event, it was once for all, he, he, he did away with this. Or he has, meaning every time the law con- accuses us, he has set us free. Right? And, that, and that's... Um, just some of the guys I read and stuff, this is really what it comes down to is how you interpret has set you free. Is this perpetual, right? Or is it um, back there, right? Yeah. So not that that helps anyone, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is It is helpful because I think. And the good is, news is that we've been set free either way. Yeah, this is, this is, this is the good news of anybody who feels yes. the struggle and feels the kind of the despair of the struggle. I, I don't know if you guys are, are like me, but I just, I get frustrated sometimes that, are you ever going to get this this figure? Are you ever going to get right. your life together? You know, Pastor Brent, are you ever going to you know gain victory in these areas? Are you ever going to stop talking this way and blowing up this way and whatever it is? Um, and I know there's just a lot of people that can can be moved to despair pretty quickly when when you dwell on that. Mm-hmm. And to, then to have Romans eight say there is no condemnation if you're yeah. in Christ, mm-hmm. that that condemnation is gone. Why is that condemnation gone? By the way. Oh. Because it's still we're still deserving. Because we've been set, we've been separate. <laughs> because somebody took the condemnation. Yeah, 
for and, us. You know, this is the gospel. This is the, the reality we get to live in is that we're free from that condemnation. We're free from that guilt. We're free from that despair. We can live in, as a new creation, uh, which is... Well, well again, this is, this is imputation, too. This is, is like, like yep. his life, because we always look at his death and go, oh, that's the gospel. No, he, he had to live the life he lived before he got to the right. death that he got to. Yeah. Like, the life matters. And again, this is this is what we alluded to as we went through Matthew five. Like he's talking about himself. Like praise be to God, he lived perfectly. Right. Um, all those things that he described, whether it's you know the, the beatitudes or not being angry under murder, like he he covered it all and then get, and then gifted us with that. So right. whether we feel it or not, whether we always walk in it or not, um, we we have been declared righteous because we have been set free. His life has been gifted to us. Yeah. And it is now our life, you know, the, the life that we live and the life that we have is the one he lived and he yep. had. And, and it's, it's by faith that, yep. that's, that that is true. Right. And as much as it doesn't make sense to us, it says if the, if the Son has set you free, you're free, 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 free indeed. Yeah, in other words, don't question it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, we want to because it doesn't make sense. It sounds too good to be true. And there's even people that will, will you know, the, the devil's advocate will come in and say, oh, so you can just yeah. live however you want to live yeah. and it doesn't matter anymore. Right. What would you say to that? That's an argument that comes. Is that what Paul's yeah. describing in Romans 7? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. The way we live matters. Yeah. It absolutely matters. I think you, you said it earlier that, you know, like we're not going to attain righteousness, you know, through the way that we live or through the law. That's right. already been done for us. Right. Uh, and you said earlier, like, like it's a get-to thing, not a have-to thing. Like the law becomes then a guide in a way that we ought to live, um, you know, out of gratefulness for what Christ has done for us, not to try to earn or achieve anything, but in light of what's already been earned and achieved you know, by him for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, two did, things. Did we figure it out? A couple things we know for sure. <clears throat> Trying to attain God's favor by law keeping as a Christian or a non-Christian is not something we're going to be able to do. Right. Um, so the law is good. We, you know, walking in these things is good for us. It's good for society. It does please God. It's his perfect will that we would we would walk in these things. But as far as trying to earn God's favor or keep his favor. It's not it's not meant for not gonna happen. It's meant to show us our desperation. Yep. So that we will flee to Christ as our only hope. Yep. And so it's good. Yeah. Um, uh, the good news in all of this is that Christ has accomplished for us what we couldn't accomplish for ourselves. Yeah. And, that, and that we can can literally walk in that newness of life without the burden of law on our back and without the guilt of law on our back and and, and we're free in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, but free to, to please him, you know, free to walk yeah. in, in newness of life, which is, again, what our heart's desire should Well, be. we actually have an option now, right? Yeah. Like, that, this, is, this is exactly where he runs in eight. Yeah. So he makes these statements. As he goes through here, it's like we now, because of Christ in us, can walk according to the Spirit rather than according only to the flesh. So, so there's an option. It doesn't mean that, that the flesh still isn't a player and that, it's, that we're not going to sometimes walk in that like, it, like we are going to, but we actually can walk in something that used to be foreign to yeah. us because Christ has given us yeah. his spirit. Um, and so, um, and, and that's where we no longer just have to be, you know, like he said earlier, earlier on, slaves to sin. Yeah. We can be slaves to righteousness too. Like we have, we have this, other, this other option. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I like the way it, it, and I do believe it's more than an option. That's kind of a cheap. Well, word for I like it, the but, way Ephesians yeah. talks about you know you put on Christ. This idea of you know take right. off the old garment, put yeah. on the new garment. That's something every day is where you know you have to get dressed every day. Right. And this is something you got to think about. We don't have to, um, yeah. But we don't have to put on the old the old garbage. We don't have to walk in that old life anymore. Right. We don't, have, you know, Egypt ain't that great. We don't have to walk back into that stuff. Uh, we can we can be new creatures. So, bottom line is this: uh, Romans seven, <laughs> believer or unbeliever, David. <laughs> um, it, de- it depends on. Well, I still will. Like I, I, I went back and forth five times while we just read it in the last half hour. So I think I think that every time I read it, uh, I'll go back. I think I'm okay with not being able to okay go. Mystery. This is what it is because again, both theologies are true elsewhere. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and go. I, I'm not sure exactly what Paul's intention was here. Um, are you lean in a direction? Both. Lame, <laughs> Chad. I, I would agree with what you said, but I, I would say that I lean towards this being the struggle of the believer. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, I, I've gone, I've been on the other side of that before, and tried to defend this as being, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to please God under the law, Jew, for instance. But 
the more I read it and the more I relate to it, it just seems like right. this is this I absolutely is relate to it. It's right? describing me pretty well, so yeah. I tend to, to land that he's talking about a believer. Yeah. Even uh, Steve Lawson was talking about, you know, he didn't put this, yeah, he didn't couch this between Romans 1 and 2. He put it between 6 and 8. Uh, for a reason, and, and, and I don't know. Well, that that's a bad argument. Like, I love Lawson, and he's smarter than me. But that's, that, but that's like a ridiculous reason to – because when you get to 11 and stuff, like, he will go backwards over and over again historically. He will go backwards well, on the timeline. you have to take it up with Lawson. So. Yeah, I'll have to take it up with I'm Lawson. Telling. Yeah, Lawson, if you're you listening, feel free to drop Have you ever heard his voice, dude? Have you ever heard him laugh? I'll punch him. <laughs> I like I like Lawson. <laughs> Ty, dude, Ty loves him. Like I'll walk by Ty's bedroom, and it's just Steve Lawson's voice coming out of there. He's constantly got yeah. like Lawson sermons going, and it's just Sorry. funny that that Ty's not binging our sermons. What's no, up with that? no, it's it's usually like like <laughs> Phil Phil Johnson, which I actually love Phil Johnson or, or Lawson, but Lawson's voice yeah. is just like weird to hear. Well, uh, that was a lot to try to maybe that was like drinking from a fire hose this morning, but uh, hopefully you tracked with this in some degree. Uh, to some degree and, and hopefully benefited from it. But, um, but Romans 8.1 um, is a fridge verse. If, if it's not something you've memorized, uh, there is now, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. is one of my favorite verses yeah. in the Bible. So regardless of where you, you, you land in exactly. seven, make sure you get to, to that. The point that is answer. the same. Yeah. Yep. You have been set free yeah. in Christ. Like, I don't, I don't care where, where it was at completely prior to that. Like the, the answer is the answer. So. Amen. Yeah. Yep. 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 What do you want to pray? Yeah. We'll pray. Finish it out. God, thanks for today and uh, for your word, and that we can uh, sit around and uh, discuss the things that we did. Pray that it was helpful to people, mm-hmm. um, even if we didn't quite solve fully a mystery today. Um, we're grateful to know uh, that you love us. We're grateful to know uh, that you have done things that we could never do uh, on our own. We're grateful uh, that you have imputed to us uh, your perfectness and your righteousness. Uh, that you have uh, dealt with our sin. And so help us to understand this truth of of being uh, free and and not condemned uh, for those that are in Christ. Can we ask in your name? Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Any questions, send them, or else we're going to keep doing things like this. (laughs) We'll show you. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.